0: thank you for tuning in to the life of kg podcast we are all about helping you guys in the beauty industry whether you're starting out in this industry or been in the business for years we want to motivate you educate you and support you to grow enjoy the show Welcome back to A Life of KG. So today this episode is all about apprenticeships and I'm really excited about this because a lot of us in our industry are thinking about recruitment right now and we don't always have to think of it as being a massive cost and we need someone that's fully trained. We can go down the apprentice route and it really does seem to be the way forward especially with all the funding and everything that's available. So I have Sarah on the show and Sarah has built salons and sold them successfully and built more salons and sold them successfully. And she has her own salon again now, which she just, launched before lockdown. But she has training academies and she has her beauty apprenticeship scheme, well, for hair and beauty, and she has all the funding and knowledge with that. So that's her business. And she is the queen of apprenticeship schemes. So if it's something you're interested in, she is who you need to connect with. So I'm going to pick her brains all about apprenticeships today. So it will make it more clearer for you that are listening if this is the route that you wish to go down. So really, really, really hope it helps you guys. And without further ado, here she is. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the life of KG. I've been very excited about this episode.
1: Oh, I'm glad you've been excited. (laughs) I hope I can help you all.
0: (laughs) Oh, there's been so many questions around apprenticeships, but first of all, I wanna dig deep. And if you could just introduce yourself and explain what you do.
1: Okay, so I'm Sarah. I own TMB Skills Training. So I coach um, salon owners how to build their teams through the apprenticeship and the traineeship programs. So through government funding, basically.
0: Okay, cool. And before you got into that, you was a salon owner. You're still a salon owner now, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I am. I've had in total, I've had five salons. This is my fifth salon. um, And I opened it three weeks before um, lockdown. That was great, wasn't it? (laughs) Totally. But I've built all my salons using. Well, the first salon, obviously, I didn't. Um, I didn't do that until later on. And there was a reason for that, which I can tell you about in a minute if you want to know. But basically, all my salons, I mean, the the last four salons, I have built through using the traineeship programs.
0: Wow. What made you want to go into the beauty industry and set up your own salons in the first place?
1: Okay, so originally, I, I, I have always wanted to be in hair and beauty, even when I was a young child, but my, I had quite a, a different upbringing. My mum was really poorly, and I lost my dad when, when I was only seven, so I became a child garer, and I, although when I was young, I used to work in a hairdressers on a Saturday, um, my nan and granddad, who I eventually went to live with when I was about 14, 15, when my mum was taken into hospital, really didn't see the value of hair and beauty and I'd already been going out with my um with my uh it was my cousin at the time to old people's home because she was a mobile hairdresser helping her on Sundays and then I was working in a salon on a Saturday and I loved it but I think unfortunately my nan and granddad's since they they wanted to push me to be a nurse because they think thought it was more respectable okay so I left school I, I went I did go to college to start pre-nursing lasted six months absolutely hated it um met my my husband who I am now still with at 17 so I'm I'm now 56 so that just shows you wow. um, I know wow so it was like so anyway I, then I Bumble from job to job to job. I tried all sorts of things, but my heart was always in beauty and nails. And then I had a really good job and it was, if you, if you want a job as a, um, a sales I was a sales manager for a cosmetic company so I helped young young girls or or not just young girls women basically in total to build their businesses who self-employed um through um their programs but because it was a job I got a I got commissions and I got um sales but I didn't really ever I I was I was one of their top reps if you know what I mean or top managers Mm -hmm. so I was always fighting my own figures in sales so one and this is exactly what happened one Christmas I used to go into this regular I had my nails done and that was my my self-care thing and I went into my normal salon who I built quite a good relationship up with them I've been having my own nails done for two or three years And, and I went in and she said oh I'm moving to Spain do you know anyone that wants to buy a business so it was like oh my god I want to buy it okay um, so uh, she told me how much it was and it was in 2001 so it was quite a long time ago um, I think it was about 20,000 pound I paid for it in total <laughs> didn't have that money um, went home took out a I think it was a Marks and Spencers um, loan not a business loan just an ordinary personal loan saying I was going to buy a car Okay. Um, told my husband and he said to me yeah I don't mind what you do he worked for Eurotunnel at the time Um, and he said I don't mind what you do but just don't get me involved in it and I said okay no problem so I went and said to him her if i give you this money will you train me up and she was leaving in i think this was the january and she was leaving at the end of the march beginning of april so she said yeah and in those days there wasn't really nail courses as such not like it is today and i didn't have any so i basically learned she taught me nails in three months i was rubbish (laughs) absolutely rubbish but i did get good eventually but i wasn't at the beginning so when she left, I, there was a girl that who was self-employed in my salon who stayed. And so I worked with her, but she went stupid. She knew that I weren't as good as her. So what happened was, is a couple of months later, she walked walked, walked with all my clientele that I'd paid 20 grand. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean and I was really left with just a few people it was horrendous so I was like oh no what am I going to do what am I going to do so I thought the only person I can trust to come and work with me that I know would be okay would with- be be my husband and he is not at all like somebody that you would expect to be doing nails he's, he's a builder by trade but he used to work for Eurotunnel but that's his background you know what I mean but he's a really good plasterer <laughs> <laughs> he went really and I went yeah so I, I said to him I just need to have someone if I'm going to make this business work I need to give it my all um, and I know I can, and I know there's money in it. I just need to have somebody that's going to support me. So I said, if I send you on a body piercing course, <laughs> which was a five-day course, okay, in London, it was with Metamorphis, who are pretty cool, and they're pretty good. You can do body piercing, I'll do nails, and then what we'll do is anybody that comes in for repairs, I'll teach you how to do the nail repairs, and you can help me. So that's how we started and basically um, we ambled on for about a couple of months, got actually really good at it and anyone that does nails knows it's, it's about once you know what you're doing it's just about practice, practice, practice and I suppose because we used to have such a good banter personality people came in but we were working really hard so like I'd get there at nine in the morning or half eight in the morning and we wouldn't really walk out of there till about seven, eight o'clock. And we've got, at that time, my kids, and they're now grown up, but at that time they were like seven and 10, they were really young. So I was really trying to juggle having a business, looking after my kids, looking after my husband, who was really grumpy, by the way, because he absolutely hated doing it, (laughs) He used to actually say to, like, clients used to come in and they they used to say to him, what made you get into nails? And he used to say to them, my wife made me.
0: That's hilarious. I mean, what a team player.
1: Oh, no, he was really, I mean, he, like, he is my soulmate. I I know, I know that's really, really. Really like what's it cheesy and stuff but he really is and we've just grown together but he just saw he had so much faith in what I was as a person he knew that I would give it my all and I think then he was quite happy to step up and help me but as you can imagine after two or three years of doing it we both got absolutely to the point where loads of money used to make really a lot of money we were actually she ended up being one of the best nail salons in um, in Folkestone, and we were called that nail place. So it was a really good name because it's like you know, people said, "Where'd you get your nails done? Oh, that nail place." So people used to come. Do you know what I mean? It was it was really easy. So I just used to do their nails, put loads of nail art on them, and that's all we did at the beginning was nails. We didn't and body piercing. We didn't do anything else. Um, I used to put like little patterns on there and. Um, And then they used to go to their friends and then they'd have more people come in. But we got to be so, so busy that we were so, I then replaced what I was doing with my business with a job, if you know what I mean. I was actually working in it rather than what I was hoping to do as a business was be able to have a business I could walk away from from and I could go and do all the things I wanted to like have holidays when I wanted time with my kids all of those things so I I, I realized at that point that the only way for me to grow was to employ other people and that's when it began to get a bit scary so I had a receptionist that I employed and she um, ended up doing nails (laughs) because I taught her (laughs) okay because i we just got busier and busier and busier so i used she used to prep for me and then put tips on and then eventually you know like like you do when you teach nails and i thought so then like that then i started doing that with other people they would come in as a receptionist i'd train them up into nails and then they became nail technicians but then after like a year because they were older women they would up and leave and start their own businesses, which was fine and I, and I get that. And I was really happy about that, that they were okay. But it was like, I didn't, I still couldn't walk away because I felt as if I was replacing myself all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they were older women and they saw the... So anyway, cut long story short, I thought, oh, what can I do? So I went to the local college and said, look, I can see that you, you do hair apprenticeships, but there isn't any nail apprenticeships. Um, could I do some delivery for you? And they said to me, basically, you can have nine apprentices, five for you and four for somebody else, and you can put them through this apprenticeship. If you do really well in the first year, then we will, um, we will then um, contract to you. So I thought, okay. So what I did was, is I went up to one of the salon owner up the road who had a really good relationship she her salon was really more waxing I was more nails so we used to like if someone came into my salon she would recommend and vice versa and I and she's now my business partner would you believe wow <laughs> that's how we had our relationship so I said to her Julie would you would you um take on like four people and she said yeah So she took on those four people, and in that first year, we got every single one through. Okay, and basically, those girls I built a team out of using the apprenticeship scheme because there were grants available as well at the time, and which there is now, and also it was funded, so I didn't have to spend my money. Do you know what I mean? Sending them on courses, it was all funded in the in the in the um. Through the government so I thought this is a really good idea I'm going to try and make this bigger and over the next over the next sort of like eight or nine years I made it bigger and bigger to eventually we had like 100 150 apprentices and I went to all different places wow <laughs> yeah I know and then the government changed what they were going to do this is probably about two years ago, three years ago, and they made it into a standard and they made it very difficult for small employers. So anybody that had under a three million pounds, um, three billion pounds payroll to get access to it. So Julie and I went for our own tender um and you have to have some you have to, it's quite a lot to it but because we've been doing other stuff as well in my training center we'd started doing adult education budget training um funding we had funding pots from all different places um we had a history and luckily for us we got on the register basically and in january which would have been january last year we we got our own contract so now i wasn't having to subcontract from someone with all their rules I could do what I wanted to do in, in my business. Does that make sense? And so then I decided to roll it out to salons. And because we have built up a really good system in place um, with all step-by-step what you do next and what you do next, so I coach salon owners to do the same. And then they get a percentage, of, they get the grants to help them take someone on, but they also get the funding. And we are actually working with some salons that actually want to actually make, you know, become training centres of their own so we're working with them because they become satellite centres of ours so that's what we do.
0: That's literally incredible and it's so needed for the industry because I think I speak for most salon owners and I'm definitely talking for myself anyway for the whole 12 years that I've been in business I always assumed that it was best to go through a college yeah. The colleges yeah. weren't to standard. A lot of the colleges actually stopped doing apprenticeships because of the funding. And then yeah. there was the independent places you could get apprenticeships, but they didn't know what the hell I was talking about when I'm talking about eyelashes or brows, and it's just going right over their heads because it, it's not their industry. So and, then, and
1: and that's yeah, that's why we change. So like for instance, like you say about that, because I've used the apprenticeship schemes for everything. So like management i've used it for my front desk customer service i've used it for people like yourself that can um who that, say for instance you've got somebody you just want to want to train up in lashes they'll do a customer service apprenticeship but we include the lash training in that if you see what i mean because that's just added value to what we do but it's the salon owners that do the training not the colleges but we help them if you see what i mean we do like a monthly um meetings with them we tell we give them all the resources so that they so they get to train the people that they want how they want them Mm -hmm. and i think that and, and since I've done that I mean my my longest apprentice that's been with me she started with me when she was 16 and she's now 28 I have had a lot of my apprentices at 24 25 leave like everybody else that you, was doing but it hasn't cost me that money anymore because in that first year my first my very first apprentice and this was back in 2008 I think it was she brought me in um, I think in total, 12,500, something like that in her column. And I paid her 5000 pounds. Do you know what I'm saying? And and when I think of it like that, I'm not saying that, you know, it's bad to do that, because it's basically they get their training. So if they went to college, they wouldn't get any of that. They're in your salon, so they don't just build up. Um, they don't just build up the skills of how to do nails or beauty, and and, and just so you, everyone knows, we do all everything now. Because then I got into hair, then I got into beauty, I got into nails, I got into all customer service management. We're doing all of them, but to fit round the salon rather than fit round other businesses, because that's what we're really good at. And what I found is, is those girls now have even gone on and opened their own salons and come back to me for the training. Mm -hmm. So I'm still in touch with those girls. Um, But also as well, in that time, that five or six years they're with me, they make me so much money, (laughs) do you know what I mean? But for them, they get all the soft skills, you know, the things that, you know, when people say, when they walk through the door and they like, they don't know what to say to people, you learn, learn all of those and that's all part of our program as well. Do you know what I mean? So we have, as well as doing all of the things that are the day-to-day skills, they also learn the soft skills that go along with that and they get to practice those soft skills in your salon. And we have systems set up that we share with our salon owners so that they can use those systems.
0: So if someone's listening right now and is really keen on taking an apprentice, what exact steps from getting in touch with you would happen? What does it look like?
1: Okay, so the first thing that we need to do before we do anything is find them an apprentice. So if they haven't found one already, we have quite a... quite we they We have an advert that we will send to them, which is a template. And in that advert, they will then put it... They put their salon of what they're looking for in there, basically. So we'll have a chat with them first, just to... Just to make sure that they know what they're doing I normally feed them into our employer group um, and the reason is for that is because if they go into our employer Facebook group and you're there Katie so that's that they'll feel they'll feel welcome when you come you'll also hear from other salon owners that are already doing it so like that like for instance on Monday Becky one of my salon owners who's been with me since September she she does a fabulous thing called Blow Dry Mondays, I think it is, for her apprentices to help them build up. So she's doing a presentation on how she has built that, you know, built that into her apprenticeship. So like you, Casey, we were like chatting, and what you do with, with, with your very first apprentice you had, mm-hmm. you give them basic skills very quickly. So they're the little ideas that we we um, share. So we have once a month. So that's one thing that they can come to and listen to first. Once that happens and we get the advert out for them, we have to raise what's called an EDRS number, which is a it's a it's a special number that the government have that identifies them as an employer basically Um, and we show them how to do that if they've never done payroll before we show them how to do that if we tell them all about pensions how you do that because I think most salon owners are really frightened and think that this is going to be really costly and it isn't because I mean to set up payroll it's nothing it really isn't Mm -hmm. and because your apprentices probably won't even earn um won't be taxed You don't have to pay taxes, you just need to keep a record. But we have a really straightforward system that they can follow. They obviously bring their accountant into that. I'm not saying that we can give them financial advice, but ours works. And and also, if if there's something that they don't like about ours, you've got a group of, of, of other salon owners that are doing exactly the same who they can talk to. So then we do a pre, there's a pre-screening form which we will send them. So we will put the advert out. They can also put it out on their social media as well and tag us into it because then that goes into our data, into our data bank. Um, and then what happens is is then loads of people will start. They can ring them. We have a pre-screening form which they can use. Do you know what I mean? To ask all the right questions to make sure they control them for like three or four weeks before they take them on. And I would always recommend that, especially if you've already got some kind of team already, because once you have that person coming into your team, that they can upset the what's it the the apple cart as such. But you've also got the employer group. The salon owners group where you can go in and chat to everyone and say, look, I'm having this problem with this person, what would you do so you've got that advice as well, um, and then then it's just a sign a straightforward sign up which we do through Microsoft teams, we introduce them to their tutor and then depending what they do so if they do hair there's a weekly zoom meet they have a weekly zoom meeting do you know and they can go into that and they can pay extra to do the distinction one which i think is about a hundred pound a month if they haven't got time themselves and they just want to be able to sub it out there's a hundred we don't we we've got another company that come in and do that and we've also got a beauty one as well so there's so many avenues and then we have like workshops all the way through so i bring in experts so like we i don't know if anyone's heard of Sophie B in here. Um, she's you know Sophie, don't you? She, I mean, she's a fabulous cu- colourist. So like she comes in and does four workshops a year. And those workshops include consultation, so it's consultation and they're transferable skills. So it doesn't have if you're not in hair, don't think, oh, I can't use that, because but it's a consultation that can transfer to hair, beauty, nails, but it's all about how to set up. That consultation and how you're going to get them retailing right from the beginning. So it's just basically training those people up to be the best they can be straight away. And it's, and it doesn't have to be a new employee. You could have someone in your business maybe that's on the front desk you want to train up in nails or somebody on the you know like a hairdresser that you want to train up in nails too or you or the other way around beauty that wants to train up in hair as long as there's somebody within your salon that has those skills it's not a problem
0: right so the salon owner trains them themselves, right they have to have the teaching for qualification for that
1: no, no no we do all that they get that all for free from us so they do their assessors award first with us Okay, so which is great, because once you've got your assessor's award, long term wise, you can go and teach. Uh, mm-hmm. And also Petals. And now we also have an apprenticeship, which they can go on, which is the equivalent, well, can't even say it, equivalent to petals. So if they then wanted to have their own training academy going further, you know, and offer other training other than funded training, they could do the same. So they could build their business up as well. Basically, we... Or, or somebody who works within their salon. Like I've got some salon owners that really don't want to do it themselves, but they want to have someone in their salon that they think actually she'd be really good at it. The good thing about that is, is if you train them up, They become the educator. One of the biggest scary points of all salon owners, I think, is that they worry that their best stylist or their best nail tech or their best beauty therapist is going to leave and start their own business. So what we've done, okay, to try and keep them there they become the educator and they educate other people within their business in the apprenticeship schemes once that person's finished their qualification and she's bringing lots and lots of money into the salon okay and by the way you don't they don't have to wait to the end of the apprenticeship to bring money we more or less get them hit the ground running does that make sense to make them pay their wages in the first couple of months by giving them skills like gel colour or uh, something that's quick and easy to learn. But once they've got it, they can bring an income in, okay? We give that that educator 1% of the sales. So it's in their interest to train that girl really up well, because who's going to leave? If the salon owner down the road says, I'll offer you this amount of money, and they go, well, actually... I've got six girls I've got in my salon that I'm earning 1% of their sales and not having to do anything anymore other than my own column. Do you know what I mean? Who's going to leave? They're not. That's all
0: crazy. That. So do you do that
1: 1% after the year that the apprentice has been there? Yeah, definitely. They Not not before because they're getting the assessor's award for the, for the, for the start. And it also it means that the educator wants to get them earning money as quickly as possible because the quicker they're earning money, the more likely they're going to stay. That the apprentices go say, the more motivated the apprentices. Because I think what a lot of, I mean, I often hear from salon owners oh, I had this young girl and she was a right nightmare, and this happened and that happened. The only reason that you have nightmare apprentices is first, you don't pre screen them. Secondly, do you know what I mean? You don't trial them first and you need to trial them. We have a step-by-step of what you need to say to them, what you need to find out about them, how you test them in their attitude, you know all of those things. And then the next reason is, is because they don't feel valued. And the reason they don't feel valued is because they're not doing what they were hoping to do. They wanted to be on the floor. And I know it works because we have so many... Um, I mean, I've got... Across the road to, to me, there's another salon and she's got three girls that have all gone through our apprenticeship scheme at some point okay one of them now is a manager okay and runs a salon martine now lives in spain okay so her salon is run by the the but her first apprentice and then under her is like um alice who is like the second girl down okay and she's a fully qualified level three and i did a um a live with them in the summer um, and I because obviously we were closed down. So I sort of thought, right, I'm going to speak to all these apprentices. i would never really had time before. And I thought, right, I'm going to start chatting to people and find out what they're doing now and what they say about the apprenticeship scheme. And they all said what they loved about it was is their friends who went to the local college, not, not through an apprenticeship, just doing level two and level three beauty came out at level three. OK. And they were still not earning money whereas they'd been they by the time they were level three qualified they were earning really good money really really busy so like they were so much further on than their friends and their or their peers and i think a lot of salon owners don't when they come straight from college you know it's going to take a while to build their column up no matter how many treatments they've got and also sometimes i mean i had I had a tutor come, and I'm not knocking the colleges because there's, uh, there are some really great girls that come out of college, but they have to be really passionate, do you know what I mean? But I find they're the ones that have worked on a Saturday in somebody's salon, do you know what I mean? They've got those skills, they're the ones. But I had a young girl who came to me, and she was just finishing her level three, and she came with her tutor and she did a set of nails and I looked at the set of nails and I thought oh my god this girl's been there for two years and my apprentices were doing better at three months do you know what I mean in the salon with nails and I and, and even her tutor said aren't they good and I thought oh no they're not
0: we've had that I, so many times it's shocking so
1: so That's frustrating, frustrating. Frustrating as well, and and the other thing was is I know when they've gone to the when I've gone to salon owners and I've spoken about the the way that we run our programs. I want salon owners that are invested in the training because the only reason apprenticeships work is if there is there's a three way you know there has to be the training provider, the employer, and the and the apprentice have to be engaged. Otherwise, if they're not, then you're never going to get through the program. And now with the new standards that have come out and they were only released two years ago and we've had three of ours go through um, endpoint assessment they have to be commercially viable on the floor so they have to they're going to sit a six-hour exam from an outside awarding body so nowadays where there used to be the old mvqs a, a training provider used to be able to sign them off as they went and it was the same training provider finishing them so there wasn't do you see what i mean whereas now there's somebody from the outside that comes in says right okay that you you you're you're really good or no you're not really good so i think that makes it much more um much a higher quality and it's much higher and they and they still get the qualification they still get a proper qualification and it's actually higher than the colleges so that's another thing that i love about the system so that's,
0: that's yeah. good. so Sarah, how much does it actually cost to have an apprentice? Does it cost anyone to sign up with you guys as as helping them?
1: Right, okay. If they're 16 to 18, the government fully fund fund it, okay? They're fully funded
0: for a whole year?
1: uh, It depends on the apprenticeship. So if it is a a hair apprenticeship, it's two years. If it's a beauty apprenticeship, it's 18 months. If it's... uh, And that is right to endpoint assessment. So in the first year, they are actually doing the learning all the treatments and practicing, okay? And one other thing a lot of salon owners ask me is, are they insured? Yep. You, you ring your insurance company, you tell them you've got an apprentice and they will insure them. So they can be doing the treatments because the whole point of the apprenticeship program is that as they learn, they're, they're, they're practicing what they're learning on your clients. Do you know what I mean? I think you have to make the clients aware that they are training. But my apprentices, I'm not joking, like I blow drying hair for my stylist's now do you know what i'm saying so my stylist can do more color so it makes me more money because they they'll be booked from nine in the morning till seven o'clock doing color where i've got an assistant or an apprentice blow drying the hair the more low ticket items that take longer so so basically they make you money um The other things that the government at the moment they've just um, there's always a thousand pound grant an age grant whatever whatever time of the year you have one which is sixteen to eighteen year olds okay and which is an age grant which is paid three months at three months and then again at twelve months the other five hundred pound but at the moment because the government got an incentive to get people into work they've got the covid grants so yeah. if you take a 16 to 24 year old there's an additional 2000 pounds if it's 24 plus there's an extra 1500 pounds
0: now if they are owned- on top of the grant, the grant before yes
1: yes wow. so like so to be to give you an indication if you have a 16 to 18 you stand to get 3000 pounds if you start if it's a 19 to 19 plus basically 19 to 24 year old you'll get another 2000 pounds okay so 2000 so 3000 2000 and then over 24 is a 1500 pounds but what you must remember if they're 19 plus the employer has to pay a 5% contribution. It's not expensive. So uh, to give you an indication, the full hair professional is worth 7,000 pounds. So you as the employer have to pay 350, if they're 19 and over 350 plus VAT. But uh, that's still cheaper than most diplomas. That's that's just an example of it. Beauty's the same. So 7,000 pounds for the beauty, 300 pound plus VAT so that so it's not expensive and I would if you're going to do that that would probably be for somebody within my business I've already got do you know what I mean somebody I want to develop or even someone that's got some skills already sometimes like for instance I was talking to you wasn't I because you were saying oh what if I don't you know in my salon I don't want them to be able to do I don't want the whole beauty professional so mm-hmm. I said put them on the customer service apprenticeship does that make Because they still have to learn customer skills because they've never been in the workplace and they haven't got those skills. So they'll learn all the soft skills that you need, all the retailing skills that you need to be a therapist. And we build that into our program and make it bespoke to that. So that's that's one of the the ways that people can do it.
0: Yeah. So those that are listening, if you are a lash bar or just a nail bar, or you just specialise in certain treatments and you're looking for an apprentice. Now you can because you can just put them on the customer service apprenticeship and then yeah. add in the nail treatment or the lash treatment or whatever that is. How, yeah, how much the service. Um, That's about
1: the customer service is twelve months. It's less money as well. I think it's about three and a half thousand pounds. So I think it works out. If they're older, it's like fifth. Um, it's about 175 pound. But I think what you've got to bear in mind if you're going to put an older person on it is. Is, have they not already got those skills so with apprenticeships you can't give somebody skills they've already got does that make sense so it's got to be new skills that's why it suits probably customer service probably suits the newbies that are coming out of college with their level two and their level three but aren't very good on the floor yet They're, that's probably more to go down that route The older ones, I would always put that these are great for if you've got a salon and you want to expand or you want to maybe you're a really busy stylist or a really busy beauty therapist that wants someone else to to be able to take over from you a little bit so that you can go and see your kids. The the team leading one's brilliant as long as they're running a team and and you would help them to do that because you've obviously got things in place. But uh, being really honest. You also learn stuff yourself. Do you know what I mean? That you probably didn't know because it's like a management qualification.
0: So if someone's already got a therapist in the salon at the moment that does everything, but they wanted to put them on another another course, yeah. they put them put them through that on the apprenticeship scheme. Still pay them whatever they're paying them, but they get do they get yeah. funding for that back?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they won't get not if they're already employed. So you don't get any grants if they're already employed because they're already employed. But but basically you're training them, which you would have to normally you ha- have to take time out yourself, don't you, to do that. But you get all our resources and all our help to do that. So that's what and we literally have. It's all online. So we don't have to be local to you. It's like literally online. You go online and we have like little videos, little resources. They write assignments and then they've got a, a, a monthly meeting with their assessor where they and and the salon owner to discuss stuff via zoom and find out what's working what isn't working and then obviously you've got the group that you can dip in and out at any time
0: Mm, that's so good so just being a little bit thick here when you say something is fully funded okay so for example with my apprentice that I took on I paid her I don't know four pounds something or whatever it was an hour and then the 1500 grant so I paid her every single hour out of our pocket is that still the same as yes
1: yeah you get the grant you get the grant the 1500 pounds grant because that's that's to help you put things towards the wage costs or do you know what I mean or anything you want to or if you have to I mean a lot of my salon owners take like two hours Um, a week out of their time so if they're doing hair they might take two or three hours out a week for a training session and they do that sort of latter part so like on a quiet day like on a Monday or a Tuesday but they don't just do their apprentice they do everybody on that day uh, which is a really good way of doing it because then you're delivering training that you want and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, a treatment it could be how we what we do when somebody walks through the door do you know what I mean as in the customer experience so this is what we do when we come through the door this is where they go this is where they sit this is what we give them every every client is given I don't know a drink or a a magazine or all those things so you every salon's different okay and everyone and we encourage all our salons as well to have their own handbook Mm -hmm. um which Mm -hmm. they write themselves of what they want And we have an example on our on our in our group that they can use that we use so my clientele is is women my age so my brand is me (laughs) so i want i want 56 year old women that are are um sort of like like the fun fun loving that's me (laughs) <laughs> but like to have their friends and drink lots of Prosecco when we're allowed when we're out of here, but also will pay extra money to come into my salon because they want a really quality treatment. So my prices aren't cheap. They're always more money, but that's the type of clientele I want in my salon. So so we teach the salon owners to do that. And then their, their stylists have their own brand as well. So that's quite good. And we have things like um, Marketing, uh, online market training. We have, I think, Money Monday. We have Wednesday, which is um, I'm trying to think what that is. Oh, customer experience. Thursday is um, team leading, and then obviously Friday is um, mindset because we're all mindset. But that's really great. And then our apprentices are fed into all of that stuff as well. So, so basically, they learn it to become. And you, we help you teach your your team to be really good so that you can expand and you can retire. Sounds <laughs> brilliant. How long is
0: the COVID offer run for, the COVID grant?
1: He's He's got it at the moment to the end of March, okay. But I, we've got the budget coming up in March. And because, obviously, they haven't reached their figures, I... I can't say for absolutely, but I think they'll increase that. They did it they, when they it first came out. It was only till January, and mm-hmm. they then they then they moved it to March. Well, we all know that a lot of places are not going to be going back to work till probably April. Okay, especially personal care. I don't think we'll go back until April, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and hospitality. It looks as if they're probably not going to go back to June, July. So he's going to have to put something in place to encourage. Um, businesses to take on new staff because there's going to be a lot of unemployment so I would think uh, and that's really working I mean the people that are using it is working because they can it's helping towards wage costs it's helping towards other salon owners but I think once you've had an apprentice even if the grants aren't there it's still worth it because you you have to train people straight away anyway And, and over the years I mean I've had so many older people Because obviously, now I've got my salon, but I've also got my training centre, which has just grown and grown and grown. And I've invested lots of time and effort and money into other people as what I would an apprentice. Do you know what I mean? And they cost me a lot
0: every single time we've taken anyone on a salon no matter how experienced they are there's still some training to get them to the standard that you want to perform even if they're an amazing at that whatever that treatment is they still need tweaking and learning to how you want them to perform in your salon
1: well you want them your values you want them to come i mean we, we we have a like you know we have a mission statement we also have all our they pick their values, my team picked their values of what they wanted in there. And it's really good because the values that they have is my values. So it, and you can use that in your interviews, your interviewing as well. Do you know what I mean? Just to see if that person's going to fit into your organisation, because there are some salons that they would And I've had that even with apprentices that have come to us. Like we've had apprentices from from some salons who've gone in and they've had their trial with with a very small salon, but not liked it, gone up the road, absolutely loved it because of the bus. Then the one, then we've gone to a, a, a big salon up the road. And they're like frightened little puppies and want to go to the little salon. So it just depends on the type of person they are. So it doesn't really matter. You just need to have that person fit in with your brand and in, and with your salon. And, that, and that's really important.
0: What happens if an apprentice just doesn't like it, decides it's not for them and they're halfway through
1: the course? They just leave. And they go, and that's it. You're not, you're not, um, and that happens. So it's, but that's the same with employing people, isn't it? People you have for six months decide it's not for them, and then they up and leave you. But obviously, they've cost you a lot more money because you've probably had to pay for the training as well. Whereas at least with an apprentice, it's very low cost. So it's minimal risk, if you know what I mean. if That happens. I, I wouldn't want to say it doesn't. And they have, I mean, I've had good apprentices and I've had bad apprentices, But I think we've now got a system I know very quickly in the first four or five weeks, what type of person they are, do you know, and and whether they're going to fit in with my organization or not, and I can make that decision, but even if you after, and we we have a really good um, disciplinary system, so like for instance, like a development plan that we we share with, with our employers as well, so for instance, if there was a certain thing that, just say for instance, they were coming in, on a Saturday, they were all ringing in sick. So I'll give you an example of that. Louise, who is one of my, she's one of my nail techs, but she's also one of my tutors as well. Fantastic nail technician. She has about 4,500 followers on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? So she's really good at what she does really good nails um but when she first came to me on a Saturday morning I'd get a phone call okay at sort of like <laughs> half a hello Sarah you know that that one you know when they put the voice
0: on <laughs> Ready phone
1: call. yeah totally and I thought so I so I can recognize that pattern quite quickly and she'd probably done it like two or three times when i thought oh, hold on a second there's a bit of a pattern here so i've got like a proper development plan which again we'll share with everybody which is basically what to do so like she came come in we did this development plan and she always laughs about it now because like she says when she came in she said it was like i knew that you'd found me out do you know what I'm, and so and that and then we give them sort of like clear goals for the next four weeks now if they don't improve those goals then we let them go because they're never going to, but if they improve them, maybe they. I'm, I'm pretty kind, I'm not like if they do, they do flip. Do you know what I mean? Um, and they're human beings, aren't they? And we all make mistakes, but if, if I can see them developing, I haven't got a problem. But then I do that with all my staff, not just with um apprentices now,
0: yeah, exactly. And you have to still treat the apprenticeships like employment,
1: they have pl- employment rights, yeah. don't they? So it's Absolutely. exactly the same holidays, everything. holidays, everything holidays um they get uh, but remember they're very minimal amounts so i've had self-employed in my salon and i have i, I i've got a um I, i've got two slants on this okay so self-employed i think if they're self-employed they need to be um paying a rent of a room and they have a separate room they have a separate till they have separate products because especially now with hmrc hmrc are really really getting um tough on this now and i've had there's been several cases in the last two years where and one of them was a hairdresser's that was done not this january the january before where they had had an apprentice they'd taken them on into self-employment when they finished but the employer dictated the hours they came in the door what time they left when they could have their holidays they paid them a percentage of what they brought in and they also used their products so basically as far as the court was concerned they were employed and that employer had to pay back something like I think it was like two years pay, pay as you earn money and taxes so self-employment can be so dodgy but if you structure your pay Uh, your pay skills right your your person doesn't want to be self-employed and i think there's been a lot of salon owners that have been stung over covid you know where where they have done this percentage scheme they've still had to carry on paying their rents, where their self-employed people haven't so they've ended up do you know what i mean out of pocket and i think a lot of salon owners don't realize as well is whatever percentage you take from that person that's battable. so you're still going to go into that range so to have employed people there's a real I mean I've had both and I've had some really bad experiences with that with both I've also had some good experiences but my good experiences are always uh, when I had self-employed people in my salon they rent rooms and they bring footfall in do you know? do you see what I mean so they bring a new footfall that I wouldn't normally get and that's why I have them but I don't I want employed because basically then they will follow my values. I can make sure that, and as long as you run it properly and you develop them properly, they will stay with you for years because I always offer my, my girls training. So even my, one of my top stylists at the moment, she came from a London salon, had only done her level two. She's now doing her level three hair because she wants to do more advanced stuff. Like she wants to do session work and she wants to go on and do, um, Uh, like more balayage stuff do I know we do balayages I think but more specialized and it's more creative the level three so she's doing that now and once she's done that I think long term she could manage that salon if she wanted to so she could then go on to management then she runs her own team or I'll put them through their teaching qualification which again is funded so they can then become an educator so there's so I think if you treat your staff right and you give them, it doesn't always have to be about money. It can be other things that inspire them or make them want to go to work, basically.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people think that it's money that people want, but it's not all. that's not always people's motivation. And, yeah. I, and I really stress that to people that are building teams or have teams like you're guessing they might want to pay rise obviously everyone wants to pay rise but you're guessing that's what's going to motivate them it might yeah. not be that it might be praise it might be extra training it might be an extra day off you don't you have to talk to your Team and,
1: find team and find that out there's a really i mean that's one of the other things that we do it's like a personality thing that they can go on to and we can actually write at an at interview you could even do that with your apprentices as well where they like do a little test it's quite fun as well it's quite good for your teams to do but then you get an indication of what 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 press you know which buttons to press and it also gives you an indication of what type of person they are so like for me i'm quite a creative person i like to chat i like to be sociable i like to be out with people so i love marketing i love anything to do with you know like like this i love all this whereas my business partner julie who had a salon she's really operations like she likes to do everything um you know like lists and everything to be just so so you can then also find out from your apprentices and for your team how they tick and put them in the the right thing for the right person. Because there's no good putting somebody who, like a beauty therapist, is very different from a hairdresser. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like you know, a level three holistic person is not going to want to be chatting like like I'm chatting now. They like to be calm and you know and 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 you know, soothing, whereas like a, a level two beauty therapist who likes all the quick treatments like lashes and nails is like I am and wants to chat to people and find out. So we're all very different. So I think that's a really important part of your program. And we have things like that in place where you can find out about that. And we also have a thing called soft skills that we really work with. So like communication skills, retail skills, um, we're working with um, a guy at the moment. He, they call it the treasure tran- treasure hunt trail. So what happens is, is the youngsters they actually have to do this treasure trail. They have to find out all this information. Or it's all online if they want to. Or they can go out and out and about. But what it teaches is is transferable skills. So the skills that you need to be employed with and. That The incentive is that they get at the end the chance to interview a celebrity.
0: (laughs) Oh, really?
1: It's really cool. So it really, it's really like incentivizes them to do it. And I've set them all the goal to go out and find out which, which, um, which um, celebrity they want to interview okay and then I've left this guy who we're working with to go and get get the celebrity so because because they're all and I think young people then feel inspired because especially at the moment I think it's been really difficult for everybody we've all really struggled this lockdown because it's been you know miserable outside and raining and not very nice um whereas now we're like we're coming out of you know we want our people to be inspired when they go back so we need to motivate them to want to hit the ground rolling because I do believe that the beauty and the nail and hair industry is going to be massive in the next few years because we've all been starved we've all been. I,
0: I think the same definitely I think there's going to be a massive boom after a little while
1: so, so I think I think once people get over COVID and they're not scared anymore, I think we've all been on diets, haven't we? We haven't been able to go on holiday. We haven't been able to go down the pub with our mates. So, when, when we are allowed to go back to some kind of normality, the first thing that everyone's going to be doing is going out and getting the treatments done. Because we all look at the moment. My mum, I must admit, I've just sprayed some stuff I on. What <laughs> So the first thing you want to do is get your hair done or your nails done I haven't had nails on since December and it's like oh my god I hate it because they're your signature aren't they of who you are as a person and it's like all those little things that I really miss and if I miss them I'm absolutely positive a lot of other people do as well.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Even if people have been doing bits from home, it's just not the same as going to a salon or a professional. Definitely not. I've got two more questions for you, Sarah. How many hours is it a week that they have to be with you? Is it 30?
1: No, as, as an employer, yeah, they, no, it it can be from 20 upwards, okay, if, if it's um, any less than that, they wouldn't be able to get through the apprenticeship and be any good, so 20 hours, but it just means the apprenticeship has to be made longer, and there has to be a reason why you're only offering them 20 hours, so it couldn't be that you could have two at 20 each because there, there's a full-time wage there do you see what i'm saying so you have to be very careful about how you do it but yes i mean it really depends on what you need as a salon and i would really encu- and it's four pound 15 an hour to start with so it, it's it you can build that up and like i said we we have a a scheme that we put in place okay that we all we share with our employers so they can use that scheme so their money can go up depending on what they bring in. So that motivates them as people, okay? It's bringing more revenue into your salon, which is what you want, basically. Um, not obviously while they're doing their apprenticeship, because when in their first year, they, they, they their money doesn't go up in their first year, but the second year it should do, because in the second year, they should be bringing in quite a big re- revenue for you then. And you want to be able to keep them, what you don't want them to do. And that's another reason that people leave, because somebody up the road has said, oh, I'll pay you more. And what you don't want to have done in that 12 months is is put all your effort in, they go up the road. So we have a very, very straightforward system that we teach our salon owners as they go through the system. And like I said, it isn't just us, not just my systems, it's from other salon owners, because we all share, which is a great way of being able to share different things and I I believe that we work as a group which is really nice because I don't know about you sometimes you can, as a salon owner you can feel a bit on your own I know you do your coffee clubs don't you and stuff like that and your yeah. coffee chats so for apprentices it's the same so they have their own little Facebook group <laughs> that they can chat okay to other apprentices and find out things that they're doing they bring them back to the salon um, I, I'm also speaking to Jennifer Louise as well because she's coming up with a system where we can teach the salon owner and the apprentice how to use instagram i don't know if anyone knows jennifer louise but she's phenomenal isn't she with her Mm -hmm. yeah and you can teach them how they can build their own their own clientele coming into the salon so sometimes i get as well one of the things is is um what they take on my clients they don't they're bringing new clients to into your salon because you're you as a salon there are certain people that can't afford your prices and you don't want to reduce your prices otherwise what's what's the point but you'll bring in people that they know that are lower so that's another thing that you can do so we you have like little model days or blow dry days we call them for the blow dries or nail days And, and 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 the apprentice builds that as a project to bring into your salon
0: yeah, that is a really good way of looking at it. And there's lots of people at the moment as well that want front of house and want a receptionist and stuff like that. They can also work the apprenticeships with that as well, can't they?
1: Yeah, totally. And and, and that's something that I think a lot of people don't realise. If you have a front of house and they shampoo for you, they are not insured, so it's so it's really, so one of the good things is if you put them on an apprenticeship, they are, because as an apprentice, they are insured, but you can't have someone who can just shampoo, and especially with COVID now, and there's been some quite scary stories in the press where there has been women that have come in for tints, um, basically have had COVID and haven't have had bad reactions so you've got to be very very careful um who you've got on your floor and what um, oh, and uh, as the salon owner you're liable for everything so that's another good thing really because you learn all those things as well.
0: One last question and I promise I'll let you go so say um there's a salon owner they took an, an apprentice but the salon owner isn't qualified in every single treatment and there's team members that are qualified but maybe aren't confident enough, yeah. what happens to them extra missing treatments that they can't do in
1: salon? Okay, so there has to be a mentor who can be there in your salon because they're not going to learn. Does that make sense? So for instance, if the salon if you if between you as a group, okay, you can all do those treatments, that's fine. Okay, but we will we deliver them the upfront stuff so they've got a zoom meeting that they go into okay once a week okay with our assessor who will teach them all the upfront stuff and set them assignments but they need to be able to practice in your salon so they need to be able to assess your people need to assess that they're doing that treatment properly but so, that can be, that can be a normal therapist that's not yeah right? yeah, yeah absolutely I mean, we we actually do, um, anyone that comes with us, we always say to the salon owner, we'll put somebody in their salon through their assessors award because I think it's a really good way. It's a it's an incentive for that person because they get it for free and an assessor's worth award is worth about a thousand pounds so that's another incentive to keep that person with you and not going to someone down the road but you learn how to assess and how to mentor we even have got a a mentor handbook that you've got step by step on how you mentor so you can sit there and use that to be able to do that to to help these young people
0: incredible I'm sure there's going to be so many people listening that are going to want to Get in touch with you. So be aware with your DMs blowing up, but where can people get in touch, Sarah?
1: right the best place to get me probably at the moment is on my instagram so if they go to it's um hold on i don't know if by heart should i should i get should i get you to post it in the group afterwards
0: (laughs) yeah it's fine and anyone can contact me anyway and i can yeah
1: i think i think if they contact you and then you put their name forward that's probably the easiest way of doing it but by all means if they want to go on my instagram and direct message me that's absolutely fine but if they just quote that they're that it was when I was talking to you, then I know where it's come from. Is that okay? Yeah, perfect. I really
0: appreciate your time and going through that. And I'm sure we've answered every single person's (laughs) question. So please come.
1: If they have any more, by by all means, come, I mean, yeah, I get a lot of my salons to talk as well. So if they if they want to talk to somebody who's actually used the program, so they know it's all kosher, okay, and that it's not just me saying how wonderful it is because it is wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you can speak to them and they will tell you. They and I know they do because they come back to me year after year because it's because that's what I do so i use it so i know it works so thanks thanks for having me on katie anyway yes, you're welcome thank you very much always a pleasure
0: if you love this episode please share and tag us on social media at kg salon i always follow on. i always follow on. if you're a salon owner and would like to join our membership program coffee cake and chat get in touch for a space Be around a like-minded tribe, have 400 pounds worth of mentoring a month, and push yourself to the next level. I love being a part of such a great community. Until next time, have an amazing, successful week.